Hey, folks, just a quick reminder that no matter the time of the day and no matter what day of the week, East Coast, West Coast, all points in between, we are always on. So go to your app store and download the Real 1100 app and listen wherever and whenever. The Real, Real, Real. The following program is paid for by Alvin Watson. The views expressed do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, or Beasley Media Group. This is Dr. Carissa Hines of Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Information without understanding is not very helpful. Talk with the doctor and feel like you're talking to a friend. Good morning, good Thursday morning to all of you. This is Dr. Carissa Hines, and you are listening live to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. I hope you all have had a great, great week. And here we are once again, Thursday at 11 a.m. So, uh, like I said, we broadcast live from the WWE studio, Real 1100 a.m. here in Atlanta. And so, as we always do, we start our show with our shout-outs. Shout-outs to my number one fan. Hey, Mom, how are you today? Hope you are having a terrific, fantastic Thursday morning. It's almost the weekend. You've made it. Shout-out to family in Norfolk, Virginia, Virginia Beach, Virginia, Houston, Texas, Fort Campbell, Kentucky, Charlotte, North Carolina, Ladston, South Carolina, Macon, Georgia, Pensacola, Florida, Center, Alabama, Chesapeake, Virginia, Seattle, Washington, Washington, D.C., Centerville, Virginia, Opelika, Alabama, Lusby, Maryland, Newport News, Virginia, Temecula, California, Cedar Bluff, Alabama, College Park, Georgia, Hobbs, New Mexico, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Oxford, North Carolina, Woodbridge, Virginia, Gadsden, Alabama, Hampton, Virginia, Columbus, Georgia, and our newest city, Memphis, Tennessee. Hey, Memphis, how are y'all doing today? Hope you all are well. And um, as I said, if you tell me where you are listening to, oh, so somebody on my Facebook Live, Norfolk's in the house. Norfolk, Virginia is my hometown. So, hey, family in Norfolk, Virginia. Hope you all are doing very, very well. So if you tell me where you are listening from the very next week, I will shout out your city and I appreciate your listening and support. As I said, we are broadcasting live from the WWE Real 1100 AM studio here in Atlanta. You can listen live on WWE Real 1100 AM. You can also stream this show on www.real1100.com. You can watch us on Facebook Live on the Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa um, Facebook page and also on the Old Fashioned Health Network. This show will always um, rebroadcast. And of course, if you come to our Facebook page, like and share, then you have access to all of the shows um, because most of them are 
on the Facebook page and you can watch any of them at any time that you like. We also will be putting shows up on our YouTube channel. Uh, Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa is our YouTube channel, um, but we're having to um, scrub the music because I don't own the rights to any of the music that we play during the show. And YouTube has said, uh, no, you cannot play the music on YouTube that you don't own. So there we are. We are a proud part of the Old Fashioned Health Network. And we are not only a radio show, not only a medical education movement, we are also a podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Google, Captivate, Amazon, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Stitcher Podcast platforms. Please follow us on social media. On Facebook, we are Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa on Instagram at Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa and on Twitter at Minutes Doctor. So again, I thank you all so much for your support. Um, As you know, last week we celebrated our one year anniversary on the air and that was a very, very special show and I got a lot of great feedback from that. So thank you so much uh, for tuning in. So now getting to today's show. We are going to talk about your lab work, right? So one of the things that triggered, um, like I always am looking for uh, inspiration for my show topics, right? Um, And so sometimes it's something that I want to share with you all. Sometimes it comes from um, questions that people may have, people that, uh, you know, people have asked me. Um, And, you know, If you are a part of the Medical Minutes Facebook community, if there's something that you are curious about and want to see a segment or a whole show dedicated to that, please let us know. And, you know, I'll be happy to research that topic and get that to you. Um, So as we always do, we talk about COVID because, of course, this is still uh, plaguing our communities. So. In terms of numbers, uh, we are at 33.5 million cases diagnosed in the United States with an unfortunate 604,000 deaths. And always, our love and condolences go out to the families of the lost. We are at 67.2% of adults with at least one vaccination. And that number seems to be holding steady. Um, We are not seeing the leaps and bounds uh, increase. And unfortunately, um, you know, the Biden administration has put out a goal to have about 70 to 75% uh, vaccinated by July 1st. And we did not meet that deadline uh, because unfortunately, Uh, vaccination seems to be slowing down, which is not a good thing because uh, this Delta variant that you all have been hearing about uh, is is really uh, trying to make a name for itself. Uh, So the Delta variant was first detected in India, um, and it is now the most dominant variant here in the United States. Uh, It was first detected here in the United States back in March of this year. Uh, And so, you know, when you hear about variant, you know, I always like to um, explain terms so that you have a full understanding and appreciation of what is being said to you. Because, you know, as we say in the show opening, uh, information without understanding is pretty much useless. So when we talk about a variant, what a variant is, is just a mutation um, of that virus. And so, you know, as most things evolve, most living things evolve, uh, some evolve faster, some evolve slower. Um, but that's just basically what it is, that the virus has evolved or adapt, adapted 
uh, so that it can survive. And so now we have this Delta variant and it is the fourth variant uh, and in the Greek alphabet, Delta is the fourth letter. So that's how they came up with that, I suspect. So it is highly contagious and researchers are saying that it is more contagious than the previous um, iterations of the virus and it is spreading rapidly amongst unvaccinated individuals. So all the more reason uh, to get a vaccination um, because the vaccination seems to be protective. Now, when we talk about vaccinations, it is not 100%. We have said that before, I will continue to say it. Um, it does not prevent you from getting the virus, not 100% of the time, um, but it is designed to keep you from dying from getting it. So you will still hear in the news about people who are vaccinated, who test positive. And as a matter of fact, uh, talking about the Tokyo Olympics, uh, there is a team, I want to say the Senegalese uh, team, that uh, Olympic team that is now in Tokyo. Um, they are vaccinated. Two of their members um, tested positive for COVID were asymptomatic. So that's a good thing, you know, that even though they had it and, you know, they had the potential to spread it, the effect of con uh, contracting the virus was minimized because they were vaccinated. So you see how that works, that the vaccine um, is protective from the worst of the worst, right? So, all righty. So, we are going to get into, we're going to take a break, um, just a really quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to get into talking about when you go to the doctor and you get lab work. Um, and this show came about because when we were talking with Miss Smith last week, she mentioned, she was like, you know, her doctor told her, um, you know, that this, this lab was abnormal, that lab was abnormal. She had absolutely no idea what the doctor was talking about. And that gave me the inspiration to kind of break down um, some of the most basic um, basic lab work um, that is uh, a part of your health regimen. We'll be back after a break. This is Dr. Carissa and you are listening to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. We'll be right back. This is fashion designer Edmund Newton. I'd like to tell you about nmask.com. Enmask.com is my only source for non-surgical cloth masks. I've teamed up with Enmask.com to create and design a collection of limited edition masks. These masks are washable, reusable, breathable, and most importantly, fashionable. Shop online now at Enmask.com. That's E-N-M-A-S-K-S.com for quality masks made in America. Just for Pets Wellness Center reminds old-fashioned health listeners and pet owners to never leave pets unattended inside a parked vehicle, not even for a quick errand. Temperatures can rise to dangerous levels fast. Visit our website for more information at www.just4petsfl.vet or give us a call at 239-270-5721. And welcome back. Welcome, welcome back. Happy Thursday morning to you. This is Dr. Carissa, and you are listening live to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Um, we were just giving our our show opening um, overview and talking about COVID and the Delta variant and why you definitely should get uh, vaccination uh, with that. But now let's get into the meat of today's show. It's talking about your lab work, right? 
So let me just say that I am not telling you um, what your lab work in particular means. This is just kind of giving a broad overview um, so that you have some understanding of when your doctor is um, is ordering these things and getting these results, the kinds of things that we're looking for um, and the reasons why we perform um, some tests. Because I think if you are having testing done, you definitely should know why, what they're looking for. And these are not unreasonable questions um, to ask of your provider. So, you know, of course, different between going to the office and getting lab work and going into the emergency room um, and getting lab work. So in the emergency room, your lab work will be a little more pointed, um, a little more directed towards what your complaint is. So, um, you know, there may be variations like not everybody's getting the same thing happening, um, you know, lab work wise when you come to the emergency room. So let's talk about, you know, going to the office first, right? So there are different types of visits, of office visits, right? When you go in. So there is either you are a new patient or an established patient. Um, and then there's also, you know, breaking down that focus of your visit. Um, like, why are you coming to see the doctor? So either you're coming as a new patient to establish care with a particular provider, um, or you're coming to get a yearly physical, or you're just coming just for a routine, you know, you have high blood pressure, diabetes, whatever the case may be. And, you know, we're just doing just a little quick visit, med refills, maybe getting some labs to see how everything is going and if the medication regimen is working or not working um, or making some adjustments, right? So when you are talking to um, the receptionist, it is important to tell them what you want to get out of the visit, right? Because depending upon what you tell the receptionist is going to relate directly to how much time is scheduled for that visit. So if you come into the office and you want a yearly physical, which is a very, very much so involved visit, more so than just your little spot check visit, right? Um, that requires more time. And so, you know, because when I was in pri private practice way back when, um, you know, people would come and they would schedule a 15 minute visit and want a yearly physical and that can't happen in 15 minutes. And so, you know, then people would get upset when I would tell them we're going to have to reschedule, um, you know, for a longer period of time. Because when we're going through your yearly physical and particularly if you are a new patient, there's a lot more discussion that has to happen, um, you know, because we're going to get in that visit. We're going to get into, um, you know, your family history, what medications you've taken, what therapies you may have had, um, you know what results you, you have had before. So, you know, it's gonna take a lot more time. And then of course there is the examination and then there may be some other testing because a lot of testing can be done in the office. So for example, your lab work, obviously, um, your urine studies, some of them, um, your EKG, and some offices even do um, basic x-rays. Um, and so, you know, it just depends on how that office is set up. And of course, what you what you tell the provider that you need to accomplish um, in that in that visit. So, you know, as I have stressed before, communication is really, really key um, to when you are when you're going to the doctor. So that way we know what your expectations are, you know what your expectations are, and hopefully um, there can be congruence um, in that. So make sure, number one, make sure you tell the receptionist why you are coming to the doctor. So 
why with your yearly physical so that's what we're gonna gonna take in right um so why do we do lab work anyway right sometimes we can diagnose you just by looking at you just by examining you because there may be something that is so specific to a disease process that we know exactly what that is um, right so some skin some skin manifestations um, sometimes will tell everything that we need to know um, but we still have to check lab work to do confirmations and and so on and so forth so we may do labs for diagnostic purposes. So, you know, if you come in with a particular complaint, um, we will do a certain set of lab works to help us um, solidify what our suspicions are based upon what you tell us, right? Um, we do lab work in terms of screening for disease. Um, we may also do lab work to monitor a treatment response. So for example, um, anemia, and anemia is gonna be my example for today because it's kind of basic um, and you know, I don't have to get into the weeds too much with it. Um, but let's say you're anemic and I put you on a certain medication to improve that anemia. Well, I need to check the labs to make sure that you are responding the way I expect you to um, to this treatment. Because otherwise, why are we taking this medication? We may need to change um, some things. And also to monitor for side effects of treatment. So um, a lot of the drugs that we, um, that we prescribe and that you patients take um, are metabolized either in the liver or in the kidney and sometimes both. And so if we are having um, problems with your treatment, then we definitely want to look at lab work to tell us, you know, that this medication may be, um, while it may be working, it may also be causing other problems. So how we interpret these results. So, you know, all lab values have a range in which we consider normal, right? And so we don't really get too much into the weeds. If you're within the normal range, we don't get too much into the weeds of, you know, is your value 0.5, is it 0.7? Normal is normal, right? Um, and so there, there are no, um, no gradations um, or gradients of, of that. Normal is normal. Um, and the values can be higher than the normal range can be lower than the normal range, right? Um, and each of these variations can have meaning. Now, when we talk about variations from, and, and that normal range from lab to lab, um, may have different ranges that define normal. Now, these ranges are not going to be wildly different from one another. So, uh, for example, a particular lab may say, um, with one lab, it may say that normal is 0.4 to one another lab may say 0.5 to 1.2. Not too much terrible, you know, difference there um, in, in what is expected to be a normal range. And so of course, you know, as you are changing doctors, they may be using different labs and those ranges may be different as well. So, you know, you definitely want to kind of pay attention to the details, to the details there. Um, and sometimes we have to look at different types of labs together to get an answer. So it all kind of works together. Uh, so, for example, 
Um, if you have kidney disease, for example, you may also be anemic. And a lot of people with impaired kidney function are anemic to a certain degree. And so when I see that, you know, I may see that you're anemic and you may wonder as a patient why I'm not reacting um, as strongly or strenuously to that particular value um, because I know how the um, blood level and the kidney function, how they tie together. So if your kidney function is of, of a certain level, so for example, if you are on dialysis and you are also anemic, as long as your lab value is within a certain range compared to the other, to previous labs, right? Um, as long as it's not wildly different, that's not going to upset the apple cart and it's not going to cause your doctor to be tremendously alarmed. Now, that goes to, to point to um, doctor hopping, right? Um, so if you are someone who goes from one doctor to the next, and I'm not talking about within a special, you know, different specialties. I'm talking about, you know, there are some people who will go to one doctor, I don't like the way that doctor talked to me or whatever. And then the next thing you know, you're at a new primary care doctor, and then something's wrong there, and you're at another primary care doctor. It is difficult to get a history there. So for example, if you come to me and you see me over the course of a year or two, I have labs that I can look back at and see a trend within that lab. And that's also important, not just the, the value for that one day. Um, you know, the trend is important as well, because is this something that is um, increasing or decreasing, you know, and, and is it something that is alarming? So hearkening back to last week's show with Ms. Smith, she was saying that nine months before she was told she had kidney disease, her kidney function was completely normal. And that's an important piece of information, not just how, how abnormal her lab values were on that particular day, but what have they been in the past? Um, because if it's normal six months ago and now it's wildly abnormal, that is something to be alarmed about. But if it's something that is kind of gradually getting worse, then we can be concerned about it and continue to follow, but it's not something that we have to get everybody all worked up about, right? So y'all are y'all following me um, with that? And these are kind of the fine points of the practice of medicine um, there. So, you know, just kind of giving you a little peek behind the curtain there. So let's talk about some particular um, labs and what they, what they might mean, right? So this is by no means an exhaustive list of all the possible lab work that could possibly happen for you if you go to the doctor. Um, but just to give you just a little bit of a breakdown of some of the more common labs that we order. So let's get started. So your first one um, that you all probably have heard is, or maybe even had, is your CBC. Um, your complete blood count. That's what CBC stands for. And so what that tells us um, is, well, let me tell you about what's included in that. So um, most of these labs will have several aspects of information that they give um, to your physician and they have to be interpreted um, accordingly. So in your CBC, and sometimes you'll hear a CBC with diff or with a differential, and I'll get into what the differential is in just a second. So what's included in your CBC? So first is gonna be your white blood cell count or your leukocyte count. 
those are your infection fighting cells right and what they tell us or can tell us if there is the presence of infection or possibly even malignancy or your white blood cell count can be a reflection of a stress that is happening within the body so for example it is not uncommon if someone comes in with chest pain and they're having a heart attack that they will also have an elevated white blood cell count now does that mean that they have an infection no it means that the body is reacting to the stress of the heart attack and so the inflammation that happens as a result of that stress causes the white blood cell count to be elevated um, so you know all of these labs are very much so dependent upon what your situation is there so we can break that white blood cell down into the differential there are five different types of white blood cells or leukocytes uh, in and the differential tells me which type of cell is more elevated than the other so of all of the white blood cells is there a dominant cell type that is um, that is elevated and depending upon which cell type it is it can tell me which type of infection you may have so it can tell me if you have uh, for example a bacterial infection versus a viral infection so i can i can know that now will i know which bacteria it is nope will i know which virus it is nope but what this is going to tell me is that maybe i need to do other studies to look further and figure that out so, for example, if you have the flu, you may have an elevated white count and the, and the cell type of the, um, of the white blood cells that um, talk about viruses will be elevated, but the one for bacteria may be normal or may even be low. So that tells me that I'm not looking for a bacteria that, you know, the virus is, is the thing. And of course, all of these, um, these labs are drawn, are drawn all together so the information comes you know all at once so the next is your red blood cell count so we're still working within your CBC or your complete blood count so your red blood count and these cells um, are made primarily in the bone marrow so if we see abnormalities there that may tip us off that there is a problem in your bone marrow so either a problem with production um, or you know maybe there's a problem with um, destruction of, of those cells as well. So your red blood cell count is broken into two parts. So your hemoglobin and your hematocrit. So your hemoglobin is the protein that carries oxygen from the lungs to the tissues, right? So, um, and your hematocrit is, it tells us how much of your blood is made up of the red cells. Right, so those are the two um, differentials there. Now, what can that tell us? If your hemoglobin is low, then that tells us that there's a possibility that you have a decreased oxygen carrying capacity because that cell is solely responsible for doing that. So that may lead us to look at your heart, that may lead us to look at your lungs, um, and so, you know, just to kind of figure out, like, why is this low? 
if it is low by itself, um, that may tell us about a certain type of anemia that you have. And as with the white blood cells, there is a differentiation of red blood cells as well. Um, and this differentiation is based upon how they look. So there may be what we call a peripheral smear. So they will take a drop of blood, a couple drops, put it on a microscope slide and look at it under the microscope and see what shape your red blood cell is in. Um, famous disease, uh, sickle cell anemia, those cells look a certain way that tell us that this is sickle cell. So they look like sickles or like the crescent moon um, shape is, is what they look like. Um, this, this level of your hemoglobin and your hematocrit may also tell me if you have blood loss. Now, the obvious thing is if you, let's say, you get stabbed or you get shot and you're bleeding, well, yeah, that level is gonna be low because blood is, is spilling, right? But if you are not obviously bleeding and that level is low, that may trigger your doctor to look for blood loss somewhere else. So perhaps um, there is an ulceration somewhere, some, some internal bleeding uh, for whatever reason. Or as I said, this may be a bone marrow issue. So you're not producing enough red blood cells. So you're not losing them anywhere, you're just not making them. Um, and so, you know, of course, further studies um, will tell us, because these are just kind of the screening tests that we are, are doing that, um, that will tell us about, you know, what may be um, going on there. The last part of your complete blood count or your CBC is your platelet count. So platelets are the sticky cells um, that clump together in response to um, blood loss. So you cut yourself and you'll see that little, um, that little uh, scab that forms that's a little light scab. So it's not, um, it's not permanent. It may feel or look a little crunchy even. Um, those are your platelets that are coming to, to clog up that hole to stop you from bleeding to death. So that is the whole point um, of the platelets to stop blood loss. Now, of course, your platelets can be overwhelmed. So in the, in the case of a gunshot wound uh, or a stab wound or something like that, where there's just a massive amount of blood loss, your platelets and their function can be overwhelmed, although they will do their, their weather best um, to stop that. So what are we get? What information are we getting uh, from the platelet count? So it may tell us that you have a bleeding disorder. So for whatever reason, your platelets are either um, too low in number or they may be misfunctioning, malfunctioning. Um, and so that will tell us, you know, tell us that. Or if they are high, it may tell us that you have a clotting disorder. So they are working too well and the next thing you know, you're having all of these blood clots. And there are certain disorders um, that are going, um, you know, with, with both, of those, both of those situations. So that is your CBC. We're going to take a quick break and come back and continue with your basic lab work. I'm Dr. Carissa Hines. You are listening to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. We'll be right back. Be sure to listen to the Wellness Enclave with Dr. Donna Sewell. 
a podcast that explores emotional health and its impact on everyday life. In the Enclave, we will address emotional health and how it is connected to other parts of your life, such as physical health, relationships, spirituality, and even decision-making. The Wellness Enclave with Dr. Sewell can be found on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is Alvin. And this is Edmund. On the Old Fashioned Health Health Show. Tune in each Friday from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. And listen to us live on iHeartRadio or the Real 1100 app. Where we talk about healthy information, products, and or services. And get some old school music in. On the Real 1100. You are listening live to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. I am your host, Dr. Carissa Hines. We are talking today about your basic lab work that you may get during a yearly physical or uh, regular screening. Or also, you know, of course, if you go to the emergency room, um, you know, there will be some basic uh, and common labs um, that we will obtain from you. And based upon, and so I like that that lead-in song, I think I'm going to just start just telling you what the theme of the song is and just letting you pick instead of me picking the songs. I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm talking to Greg, who's my sound engineer, because express yourself. So depending upon the expression of these labs um, being your results, we will take certain steps and go down certain paths to figure out what's going on with you. So we talked about your CBC, your complete blood count, which tells us about your white blood cells, your red blood cells, and your platelets. Those are the three things that we're going to get three pieces of information that we're going to get there and now we're going to move into your metabolic panel now um, to me it's kind of a misnomer because when we think about metabolism we talk about we think about um, you know weight gain weight loss that kind of thing Um, but really this is talking about your metabolism on the cellular level and what's happening um, what's happening there so there are two types of your metabolic panel Uh There we go. Sorry, Facebook was telling me that there was something going on with the music. See there? It's like, you know, let the music play, right? But anyway, so two types of your metabolic panel. So there's a basic metabolic panel and a comprehensive metabolic panel. So you may hear us say a BMP or a CMP. And so what's the difference between the two? The difference is what's contained in them. So um, your basic metabolic panel will measure your electrolytes, your glucose, and your kidney function. And then it becomes a comprehensive metabolic panel when we add your liver function um, to that. So, you know, you may not always need to get the comprehensive uh, metabolic panel you know, the basic metabolic sometimes may be enough. So 
again in talking about what that measures so it tells me about your electrolytes so it will tell me your sodium your potassium your chloride your bicarbonate and your calcium so there are five very important electrolytes um, that uh, I get information about when I get that it also tells me about your glucose um, so you know I know that we can check your glucose by pricking your finger um, and sometimes that is not as accurate as when I get it directly from your bloodstream so that's why you may have both right just to kind of see what's going on with your blood sugar or your glucose um, it tells me about your kidney function which is very very important obviously because without our kidneys we cannot live um, but it may tell me what's wrong with your kidney function and why you know why it's it's going on um, and there are a lot of reasons to have abnormalities of your kidney functions and as I said when we are talking about the CMP the comprehensive metabolic panel we're talking about your liver function so a lot of things that we look at there so there's a lot to unpack in this one lab a lot a lot of information um, there that of course goes in concert with um, your CBC and in concert with your history what you have told the doctor and in concert with your physical exam it all works together so you know you can't just look at one lab like as your physician I can't just look at one lab and say this is definitely wrong because I have to put all of those pieces together um, it's kind of like being a detective which makes being a doctor fun that you are kind of figuring out mysteries of what's going on um, with the people that come to you for help so working out of order from the list your glucose so I'm trying to do the ones that are kind of you know self-explanatory right um, so your glucose your glucose is the type of sugar that your body uses for fuel or energy right um, and so what your glucose can tell me is um, you know of course if it is too high um, that is suspicious for diabetes uh, and then of course you can look into the different types of diabetes based upon your family history your particular exam um, and you know we have other lab works that can break that down further and tell us which type of diabetes um, you may have so funny story well not I don't know if that's really funny but anyway talking about myself so I'm a diabetic I think I have told I've shared that with you all before um, and when I presented um, with diabetes so I had what we call gestational diabetes which is the diabetes associated with pregnancy so when I was pregnant with my daughter um, you know I had that going on and typically sorry typically with that um, once you deliver the baby that situation resolves itself and your blood sugar goes back to being normal and mine did but it didn't stay normal so of course you know some months go by and you know I'm having some symptoms I go and get checked and my blood sugar is high and based upon my family history and my age um, I was thought to have a certain type of diabetes diabetes type 2 and you know we'll do a show um, about diabetes and we'll we'll get into get into the weeds with that but as it turns out um, the treatments that they put me on and this went on for about a year year and a half of trying different treatments and it wasn't really working and so I had to have further studies done that diagnosed me with a, a somewhat rare type of diabetes um, see and here you were thinking there were only two types um, but I have um, a type and so there's type 1 and there's type 2 and then there is a 1.5 and, and I have the 1.5 and so that was um, really surprising 
um, because, you know, like I said, based on my, upon my family history or what I knew of my family history, um, I was expecting to be to be a type two. Um, and the type that I have is, I think, of all diabetics, maybe like four or five percent of us are the type that I have. But anyway, moving on. So if it is low, your blood sugar, um, you know, that can be a cue to uh, possible hypoglycemia for a lot of reasons. Um particularly if you're having some liver issues, or it can tell you, um, it can tell your physician that maybe the medication is working too well. So for example, as I said, I'm diabetic and I take insulin and sometimes my blood sugar likes to drop, like really drop, like get into like the forties where I'm, you know, about to pass out and that kind of thing. So, you know, my doctor, you know, going back to my doctor and telling her that this is what's going on. And of course she's looking at my diabetic logs. And so we have had to make adjustments to my medication um, over the years. So, you know, again, all the data is important. When we're talking about the next thing is your kidney function. So there are two um, results that I get in your chemistry panel um, that, re that result from your kidney function. The first is the BUN or BUN, um, which stands for blood urea nitrogen. So y'all are gonna be ready for med school when I finish with this, right? Um, urea is a waste product that is produced by the liver and then delivered to the kidneys, filtered through the kidneys, put into the urine and then of course excrete it when you urinate. So what that can tell me is that there may be a problem with your liver just from looking at what's happening with your kidneys because it all works together. Um, and that's the beautiful part about our body's physiology that everything is somewhat interdependent um, on something else. So what I can tell from your BUN or your blood urea nitrogen, if you are dehydrated, I can see that. Um, kidney disease, of course, um, possible liver disease, uh, urinary tract infection, congestive heart failure, or medication side effect. Because as I mentioned earlier, some medications are filtered through your kidney. Um, and so if they are filtering too much through your kidney for lack of a better way of putting it then that that lab can be abnormal and then that may cause me to make a medication change um, for you because we can't treat one thing and hurt something else and create another problem um, we definitely don't want to do that but it is a delicate balance with some medications you know that can be um, very very challenging the next part of your kidney function is your creatinine um, and so that is another waste product that is filtered through the kidney. Um, the next part of your kidney function that we get from your metabolic panel is the GFR or glomerular filtration rate. That's a mouthful, I know. Um, this lab is reported as a percentage. And what it tells me is how much of your kidney is functioning properly. So, um, Harkening back to Miss Smith last week when she was talking about her GFR, um, told her doctor that her kidney was only working at 15% of what is normal, um, which is very, very severe. 
So that can tell us, um, you know, if someone has kidney disease and has a chronic kidney disease, we can monitor that to see how much of that function is declining, how much of that kidney function is lost, and then we can make decisions about what we need to do about that. Um, usually we use the GFR to determine uh, when it's time for dialysis um, in kidney function or making recommendations for kidney transplant. The next part of your chemistry panel that, that is very helpful is your liver function or your hepatic panel. So the liver produces enzymes that will do a lot of different things. Your liver is, is an amazing organ, right? And so it will, the liver can help convert protein into energy for the liver in and of itself. Um, it metabolizes amino acids. It breaks down proteins. It makes proteins. Um, and it breaks down red blood cells once they are um, out of use because your red blood cells last on about 90 days, 90 to 100 days on, on average. And then, you know, they have to be broken down and then remade into new, um, into new cells. And so this is constantly happening um, with your body. So of your liver function, there is your ALP, your alkaline phosphatase, your AST, your aspartate transaminase, uh, your ALT, albumin, bilirubin, and then total protein. So that is telling me all about your kidney function. And what I can tell from looking um, at your hepatic panel is if you have liver disease, obviously that's the most obvious one, right? Um, and so when we talk about liver disease, most commonly we are talking about hepatitis. Um, but it can also tell me if you have a certain type of anemia. Uh, it can tell me about gallbladder disease, muscle damage, kidney damage, um, of course, malignancy and about bleeding disorders because a lot of your um, some of your clotting factors um, are produced are proteins that are produced in the liver so if the liver is damaged those clotting proteins um, are abnormal right and then when we talk about that pt from your from your cbc right um, i'm sorry your platelet count there is a platelet function um, when we talk about your PT and your PTT and depending upon medications that you take. So, for example, if you are taking Coumadin um, for um, if you've had a blood clot of any sort and you're taking Coumadin, we can measure the PT to see your response to the medication. However, if you are not on any um, what we call anticoagulant or anti-clotting um, medication and your PT is elevated, that can tell me something about your liver and vice versa. So you see how that how that works and it, it can get a little bit complicated and I hope I'm not getting too much into the weeds because of course I want it just to do um, this to just be just a basic overview of, of the more the most common labs that we order. So Continuing with your metabolic panel, we talk about your electrolytes. So your sodium, potassium, chloride, bicarbonate, and calcium are all important electrolytes for cell function and homeostasis. So um, when we talk about homeostasis, the control of the volume that is within your blood vessels in and of itself is regulated by these electrolytes. And so if they are off for any reason, that gives us, raises suspicion that we need to look for some things um, that are going on there. 
And of course, you know, this harkens back to your kidney function because your kidneys are masters at manipulating these electrolytes based upon what your body needs. And so if your kidneys are damaged, your electrolytes may be a little bit off as well. So if I see that your electrolytes are off, I'm going to look at your kidneys and, you know, maybe look a little bit further at that. And again, all plays in together. So your calcium is important for nerve, muscle, and heart function. So with calcium, calcium is important for your muscles to contract. So if your muscles work properly, right? So if you are having muscle spasms or, you know, muscle weakness, looking at your electrolytes is going to be an important thing to help us figure out why this potentially may be happening. Calcium can also tell me about your bone formation and it also can tell me about malignancy as well because certain types of malignancy will have will result in an elevated or a low um, calcium level. So I can get a lot of information out of a little, little bit, right? So your sodium, potassium, bicarbonate, and chloride control the amount of fluids and the balance of acids and bases in your kidneys because we have a range at which, a pH range at which our bodies optimally function. And any um, deviation from that um, can, can wreak havoc and make you very, very sick. So... Keys to your electrolytes can tell me about your heart function. Um, they can tell me about um, arrhythmias that you may have. Um, they can tell me about your kidney function. And as a little side note, if you get an EKG, some of your electrolytes, I can tell what's abnormal just by looking at your EKG. Um, because some of them have, um, you know, very, very specific um, patterns that they produce on your EKG. So looking at your urinalysis is the last of your basic labs that we're going to look at. Um, your urinalysis will check the appearance, concentration, and content um, of your urine. It can tell me if you have infection in your urine, if you may be diabetic or at risk for diabetes. Um, it can tell me about your kidney function. It can tell me about your liver function, and it can tell me about your fluid balance. Um, so for example, if you are dehydrated because your urine concentration will be very, very high because your kidneys work um, kidneys work based upon your blood volume so how much blood they see so if they see a little bit of blood things will be um, abnormal if they see too much things can be abnormal as well so those are just the basics and of course you know we can do if you all would like we can do another show where we get into um, get into um, more specific things um, as they pertain to specific um, disease processes so you know the most important question is when should I have these labs done so I think it is my professional opinion that at least once a year, you should have these three labs done, right? Of course, depending upon your situation, you may have additional lab work done, um, but at least these three. So even if you are healthy, you have no problems, you should have these labs done because as I said earlier, you know, it's very important to establish what we call a baseline and also a pattern, right? So if for 10 years, your labs have been perfectly fine and then you come to the doctor in year 11 and everything or one thing is abnormal, that, that tells me that I need to be a little bit, it gives me like a heightened suspicion to look for things, right? 
because for the past 10 years, you've been rock solid. You've been fine. Um, and now all of a sudden you're not. So then that tells me, you know, we need to look a little bit further and figure out what is going on, what has happened, get a diagnosis. And then more importantly, the whole point of all of this is to get a treatment regimen, right? So that way we can get you back to, to normal. So at least once a year, um, you should have that. Now, depending upon um, your situation, you may have these tests repeated um, more than once. So for example, if you are anemic, um, you may come back in three months because let's see if what we have prescribed for you, let's see if it's working. And if it's not working, then we have to try something else. And then you have to come back in another three months and let's see if that's working. Um, or if in the event of malignancy, for example, and we're checking these things, we want to check them more frequently. So you may even have blood work once a month, right? With your dialysis for people who have end-stage kidney disease, you're getting lab work every time you get on your dialysis machine because we have to make sure that the, the dialysis regimen, because not everybody's is the same, we have to make sure that that regimen is right for you to restore your labs back to normal, your function um, back to normal to simulate um, that normal as well. So, you know, so don't, you know, give us a hard time. Oh, I just had this lab done. Yeah, you did. Of course, there are specialized tests that you can have. Your TSH or your thyroid stimulating hormone can tell me about your thyroid function and thyroid plays a huge part in your metabolism um, there. So that can tell me if you have hypo or hyper uh, thyroidism. Your cardiac panel, which checks about the breakdown of heart muscle tissue. So this lab is very important for us in the, in the emergency room when you come in complaining of chest pain. That's the one thing. If I had to get just one test, that's the one that I would get. And then, you know, you have your what was, what's called a D-dimer, which is a screening test for blood clots. Um, and so, you know, that has come into um, prominence, not necessarily for us in the medical community. Of course, we have known what this was. Um, but in the event, in the advent and rise of COVID with the blood clot situation that happens there. Now, before we close out, there are some special considerations with these labs, right? So you can have false positives, which is a positive test when you really don't have disease, or a false negative, which is a negative test when you really do have disease. Um, lab tests are reliable, but nothing is 100% and errors can occur. Um, so it is not unreasonable if your doctor tells you that you have, you know, your kidney function is, is, is abnormal. It is not unreasonable to ask for a repeat lab, right? Because on a different day, you know, there may be issues with the machine or with the, the technician that's drawing, you know, all kinds of things can, can come in. So it's not unreasonable um, to ask for, for a repeat lab. Now, we are not going to repeat this lab five times because you just don't want to believe that you have kidney disease, right? Because two will tell you, maybe three, right? Um, but, you know, five, ten times, mm-mm. And, it's, and particularly if we get the same result or the same range of result, right? If it's abnormal, if two of them are abnormal, it's abnormal. Just kind of go with that and believe that. Um, but it is important to be honest with your doctor. And, you know, communication is just so, so important when you are at your doctor's office. Because um, some of these labs can be affected by the foods that you eat, by medications that you take, um, by drug use. 
Um, and so, you know, we're not shaming anybody for drug use, but, you know, sometimes that can can cause some problems with your lab work. And we do all of this work up when you could have just told us, hey, you know, this weekend I partied and I did, you know, whatever. Um, and then, of course, to share what your symptoms are, because depending upon what you are, um, what you're feeling when I get the lab work, again, all of it working together. And then, of course, for our clinicians, um, you know, to take the clinical exam in concert with the labs. So my sound engineer is telling me that we are out of time. So I hope that this has been helpful for you. And of course, if you want to know more about different labs or you want me to go into deeper into other types of labs and what they may mean, I'm happy to do that. Just let me know. Thank you so much for listening to us today. And as we say always, until we meet again, hopefully next Thursday at 11 a.m., be good to yourself. Be good to each other. Take care. This is Dr. Carissa. Thanks for joining me this week on Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Join me next week for more comfortable yet in-depth conversation. Have a great week. You're listening to another Old Fashioned Health Network show on The Real 1100.